Hello, my name is Becky Carlson, and I am the Fearless Coach, a platform and podcast talking about some of the toughest issues today in college athletics that realistically very few want to talk about. This week, in honor of October being Mental Health Month, we are going to be talking about the precise patterns that October presents to student athletes and coaches. Now, I've got five helpful tips for how you as a coach can get your athletes through this particular month. And regardless of what sport you coach, you're going to want to hear this. So as we move through each school year, much of the ebb and flow of the intercollegiate tides can be unpredictable. But what is predictable are the typical references to the time of year many of us refer to as winter blues or seasonal depression. And while January and February months are famous for making spring break feel oh so far away, the dead of winter in regions like the Midwest and New England are well known for cabin fever. In these months following holiday break, naturally students and teachers, admins and coaches can find it difficult to get their motors going again. Especially for new freshmen, that 30 to 40 day taste of home can sometimes hurt more than it helps. However, Due to the culprit of seasonal depression, if we're not dialed in properly to our teams and our athletes, there's this small but distinct window of opportunity for another kind of fox to let itself into the mental health henhouse. This opportunity is known as October. If you're a coach or a parent asking what is so different about October and why you should care, consider this a valuable heads up and in advance, you're welcome. So in most colleges across the country, October means that your athletes have now been on campus just over 30 days. The newness of that preseason without classes and the excitement of transition, it's pretty much come and gone. Classes have officially become routine, midterms are on their way, and at this point in the semester, this is where our athletes are actively carving out space mentally for what those anticipated grades might look like. Now, while your athletes might not be talking about it out loud internally, they are constantly calculating their odds of succeeding, floating, or failing. For your winter sport athletes, those athletes are gearing up for life indoors for the next three to four months while probably preparing to stay on campus for holiday breaks while the rest of the population gets to go home. For spring sport athletes, they've been on campus since school began, and they're engaging in these monotonous off-season strength training sessions, conditioning, and practice sessions. This pent-up energy is typically answered with zero to a few opportunities for outside competition. So regardless of season, each has their own challenge. And October is the halfway point for everyone, so in this venture, no class no sport will go untouched. I'm going to talk to you about those five challenges and tips and solutions and how to handle this. Number one is October social challenges. Now social relationship building is continuing to be a challenge this year and beyond, particularly for this generation because the majority of our young population's average daily interactions are through their smartphones. Popular culture has painted and instilled this image of college being this place that is overflowing with endless new people just waiting with these outstretched hands to meet new people. 
There's this strong expectation that opportunities will effortlessly and automatically present themselves in every corner of campus. Now, when this doesn't happen or occur naturally for your athletes within the first month and a half, the new life schedule will compound to slowly gnaw on their social self-esteem, which places a silent but gradual growing weight on their shoulders and in their minds. Student athletes are typically on rigorous schedules that leaves less space for social endeavors, personal downtime, or extracurricular activities that contain those crucial outside of sport networking opportunities. This can also have effect on the athlete where their expectations in the social department feel dramatically unmet. Now, we all know social media tells our young people that likes on platforms like Instagram, revealing activities of involvement and selfies are the defining factor of the so-called real college experience. Those who have failed to meet their lifelong friends in the first 30 minutes, hours, or days, no matter how introverted or extroverted the athlete may be, they'll be measuring their worth based on social status, invitations to study groups, social events, or even virtual friend count. And the result is what you hear coaches. Coach, I'm not making friends as fast as I thought. There's got to be something wrong with me. And here's the solution. As coaches, we need to be sure that we're openly jump-starting dialogue amongst the younger players with our veterans. Ask questions to your returners in an open and relaxed forum about their early college experience. And Talk about how long it took them to develop and nurture relationships with those outside the team or within their classes. Your younger players of today need to hear that your older players did not just show up in this perfect package, nor were they socially settled instantly upon their arrival to campus. They need to hear about that from them. Do your absolute best to promote open conversations for questions and prepare yourself, coaches, You need to be okay, or at least accept, when players admit that they don't care for a class, they don't care for an element of campus, they don't like a professor, and maybe they don't even like practice. You need to be prepared for that open forum. You need to listen. And while it's okay for you to start the dialogue for your team, I want you to let your athletes drive the conversation so they can find their own commonalities in their struggles and come to their own conclusions. This will promote the understanding and acceptance that their experiences are normal and that uncertainty can be exciting and hopeful rather than anxious and negative. When your athletes recognize that they are all part of a team where everyone shares common challenges, this is going to decrease anxiety and it'll help push them through these temporary social insecurities to weave your culture closer together, I promise you. Number two is the October athletic challenges. Now, I've talked about this in other podcasts before about this generation being one of immediacy and their craving for results uh, quickly. Those athletes not seeing or feeling a massive athletic improvement in the first 30 days will begin to show their true colors to you. Whether it is strength, skill, or being a more attentive student of the game, this roller coaster is one that they're going to take you on for the remainder of the semester if you don't address this properly. Now, your more naturally talented athletes, maybe they'll become frustrated, while your repetition-based learning athletes may become 
they might become more needy with requests for additional individual critique, more one-on-one time. And, And October really tends to shine a light a little bit brighter on character because this is where we begin to see our athletes reveal more of their typical natural behaviors. Examples are the athletes you expected to possess this rock solid mentality and emotional balance because that's what you really, really thought about them in the recruiting process. They might even be the first to doubt themselves. While other athletes that you didn't have as high as of expectations for, they might surprise you by their levels of resilience. Either way, this translates to us as coaches working overtime and assisting them in building up that self-belief. This can be exhausting for both parties, but I want you to hang in there. As a coach, remember that this month, many of your younger athletes are coming to the realization that their high school ponds were pretty small. Experiencing constructive criticism on a daily basis can present its own set of emotional feedback from them. Without a fully established trust between the coach and the athlete, this is where conflict can come into play. So we really do have to build that trust while we're simultaneously supplying advice and trying to lead them. So the solution here, I want you to try and bring back a past player or have them Skype with a team to discuss their own journey. Do your best to identify an alum or two that can engage your athletes on their personal specific story and their history of growth. Now, you can always bring back a prominent player that was well-known or a stat leader. Uh, That can be nostalgic. It can be fun. But for this particular message, you want to focus on exposing them to a former worker bee athlete, one that strongly exemplifies and lived the mission during their athletic tenure with your program. Now these figures and players can be immensely helpful in that whole process of unearthing athlete concerns or drawing out questions that maybe they wouldn't attempt to approach you with. This is an exercise that can be a vital set of bricks in laying that cultural foundation. It's where your athlete can see and interact with a living example of what kind of commitment and time is required to develop over four years. And trust me, this will be far more effective than urging them with cliche statements like be patient or consistently reminding them and and trying to get them excited about how different they'll be when they graduate. I want you to try not to speak in terms that are too far out in time. Remember, their need for immediacy provides them kind of this blind spot and it prevents them from looking anywhere beyond next week. As a result, we need to be nimble and scarce with our references to later in life or, hey, when you go to get a real job. These phrases just become white noise, so I want you to use them with caution or eliminate them if that's even possible. Now, if you're a newly hired coach and have less familiarity with alums and you're not comfortable or you don't know who to bring back, you have an extra set of challenges getting to know your current athletes, so that's going to be a double whammy for you. But Consider maybe researching someone local or within the academic community has, who's overcome a challenge over time. You can do some legwork to bring them in to speak with your team about their story. It's often that gratitude and service can help adjust your team's perspective and help them see more of what goes on outside their own radius, which helps them be more appreciative. Number three, October physical challenges. While 
Some athletes negotiate the physical part better than others. The triad of physical challenges for all athletes in October includes sleep, nutrition, and hydration. These are the three big ones. The average athlete in October is not getting enough sleep, not drinking enough water, and their eating habits tend to be poor. This is a a triple threat, and it's typically something as leaders we usually preach about in the beginning of the school year, but as the semester moves on, we forget that, and it becomes more difficult for the athletes to balance and regulate. As we go deeper into their schedules and timelines, their own self-care will fall to the wayside. These are the athletes who begin to forego a snack or a meal before practice because they don't have the time or um, they start to suffer from low energy because of it. These are the athletes that you hear who are staying up in the library, sleeping on the couch until 2 a.m. and waking up for weights at 5 a.m. and then heading to class right after that. Compounded on that is energy and fall weather, which attributes so much to your training session. So I want you to be mindful of these things. Practices for inclement fall weather provide less natural vitamin D D from the sunlight that they aren't seeing. And often when practices feel slow for us as coaches, chances are it's dragging for the team as well. So we all need to be mindful of it. A physical ailment from current or pre-existing injuries, they really do. They start to show their scales when October arrives. There's nagging injuries, uh, being nursed consistently six days a week, ranging from tight quads to sprained ankles, or more longer-term injuries uh, like rehab for an ACL. By October, those athletes watching from the sidelines are officially familiar with their role of observing. And while it feels much like the team is moving on without them, we must do our best to stay on top of these athletes. So solutions for these physical challenges. Sleep, nutrition, and hydration. I want you to add meditation into the first five minutes of your practice. Incorporate deep breathing. It can serve as a a reset to the day. During these times of, of what I like to call like a temporary rest for the mind, remind your athletes of the benefits of sleep and how it affects their performance, their mood, and their energy level. Repeating these benefits in a meditative, calm state, it might also help them retain that message. Nutrition and hydration are just as vital, so if you have the resources and capability, you might even consider inviting a professor or an athletic department nutritionist to come in and recharge the team with some new methods and advice on how to manage diet and water intake better. Energy and weather. Talk to your athletes about intentional efforts to manufacture their own energy and help them recognize that practicing slow ultimately leads to slower starts in competition. This is going to help them understand that, hey, coach cares more about preparation than simply complaining about a a day where there's a glacial pace of training. With physical ailment or injury, identifying and keeping the motivation and attention up for your injured athletes is going to be crucial. I hear all the time about team cultures being affected by the injured athlete mentality. So you want to be helping maintain their focus for these athletes on their short-term goals with journals or even short weekly meetings. Those can make a world of difference. I'm not talking about an hour a week. I'm talking about five-minute catch-ups for these athletes. I also want you to elect one or two players as leaders to rotate, kind of checking in from a peer-to-peer perspective. So They might be able to assist your staff in understanding more about what the athlete is facing, but not necessarily what the athlete might be sharing openly with you. You can also work with your athletic trainers and staff to pair at that same language and be supportive while 
fostering an environment that challenges them in other ways, even with their physical limitations. Number four, October cultural challenges. This one's the biggest one. This is the one I hear the most about from coaches. Now, with student athletes being a subset of the regular population, of course, they're expected to handle and balance more. From an emotional standpoint, October also brings what I like to refer to as the post-30-day conflict period. This is the period where your older players who chose to live together on or off campus suddenly realize that seeing one another 16 out of 24 hours a day is starting to take a toll and straining teammate relationships and friendships. Now, your younger players are now in the thick of October and are trying to figure out how to make it with a roommate or roommates they dislike or are incompatible with in lifestyle or schedule. Being halfway through fall semester can also bring new challenges within the team when athletes are spending too much time together on buses, out on the practice field, in the locker room, at meals, and in study hall. Here's the solution. Now, culturally, this is where you as a coach must take the lead. Making your athletes aware in advance of this existing trend. I want you to talk about October and helping them understand that you see their challenges and recognize them will assist them in feeling better equipped to handle this time frame. You can even give them this, this podcast if you want to. Consider, consider maybe an October catch-up dinner or a meal where your athletes can share with you their experiences, uh, any of their doubts, their goals, uh, their fears. This is this perfect opportunity to be proactive in your pursuit of preparing your athletes for the month of October. Now, not every team is the same, but as this generation requires information and appreciates being in the know more than we ever did, we can honestly get ahead of these October challenges. Number five, last, your own mental health as a coach is equally as important. Do you hear that? It is equally as important. So just as the students are experiencing the effect of their own timelines by extension, we as coaches are as well. October is also a time to be aware of your own mental health. Remember, so much of what we experience with our team, what we talk about and learn is compounded with both positive and negative. Their homesickness, their doubt in their skills, their stress over perfection, and this insatiable desire for immediate results are all parts that get thrown onto our plates and our workload as leaders. Absorbing this on a daily basis, it takes its toll. And the majority of coaches I know who are even willing to talk about it seldom have the time or feel they don't have the resources to initiate solutions. Remember, our vibe, our presence, and our demeanor is viral, which makes it all the more important for us to take care of ourselves. When we absorb and exhibit the symptoms of October, our athletes feel it as well. Just like our athletes, we need to know that we're not alone. And trust me, you are not alone. That solution here, pretty simple. As coaches, we must also be aware of the list above from one through five in order to be the best for the month of October and beyond. Thanks for listening. I'm Becky Carlson, the Fearless Coach. Until next time, be fearless.